0: CC Pod and the opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the presenters therein, without any affiliation or obligation to any establishment, either real or imagined, even if they wanted it. Now, get ready and hit start to continue.
1: I am so angry. I have to be subjected to this to this look again.
0: What are you talking about?
1: This reek. come on camera without a shirt. I don't appreciate. <laughs> I'm just. I didn't mean to. Uh, you know, I'm just uh, working hard. I just came in from outside doing work. Any excuse? Oh, how oh. about this? I. How about if I take my shirt off too? Then what? Go ahead. Then what? Yeah, oh, I'm doing it. I'm- <laughs> There you go, coming off. <laughs> you can get all of this, <laughs> my friend. There oh, you shit. go. Look at this. <sighs> yeah.
2: Oh I my like
1: god. It. <laughs> my boobies are all sweaty too. Oh.
0: Oh my Whew. god. I've left this hard for.
3: So this
1: feels very free. Yeah, I'm glad you like it.
3: You get to look at this for an hour. Hmm? I'm, not like even, I'm not even showing you my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, I'm crying.
1: Go. Look at the difference here. This is outrageous. Not a, not a bit of hair on Joe. But I'm just this hairy bear. Look, at, I got hair everywhere.
2: <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. I can't really look
1: yeah good good enjoy it drink it all in big boy all this whiteness glaring back at you
2: oh fuck
0: (laughs)
3: oh
0: i got stuff coming on my nose my eyes (laughs) oh my god Uh, i don't like this (laughs)
3: it's not comfortable
0: Well, we don't have our AC on right now, so this is pretty freaking sweet for me.
1: Yeah, y'all, you shouldn't have your AC on.
0: This is how they should record uh, the cartridge club hangouts. Everybody's (laughs) shirts off. Yeah, Yeah, I I, I think so. Well, thanks, man. I haven't laughed that hard in I don't know how long. Oh, good. I don't think you've even ever heard me laugh.
1: No, of course not. (laughs) Oh, shit. That's good. And now you can't even look at me. That makes me feel good.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, this is uh, fun here, man. I close my door and this room becomes like a furnace. Oh
1: balls. You got to show off all this jackness going on. Look at this guy. There's no it's jackness. Like, mm-hmm. What what do you call these muscles here that are taking bone. away from your neck? Yeah. bone. You know, that are eating your neck away. What are these ones? The mortissimus dorsi's. What are these? They're called trapezius. Oh, right. They are devouring your neck right now. You got to be careful, man. Look what happened to the rock.
0: Can't move his head. Yep. God forbid I look like him because then you'll never talk to me.
1: How long do you spend shaving all that
0: down? Dude, I'm not shaved. I got hair. What are you talking about? We no, can't tell with a shitty camera image. <laughs> Clean as a whistle. Oh, I wish, man. My body disgusts me. Well,
1: this is uh, the latest we've ever recorded.
0: 9.23 p.m. PM Thursday night, (laughs) which means that you know who's going to be busy after this? Me. (laughs) Are you going to make uh, it? We didn't have any choice. We would have recorded last night on Wednesday, but uh, Transformers and Beer had to do their record.
1: Well, that's the prime,
0: right? N- no, it's not the prime, but to accommodate both shows in one week, I had to juggle this.
1: Can I tweet this out right now? <laughs> tweet what out? This business that I have to look at. <laughs> got two naked men on the screen. <laughs> what does the world come to? Jesus.
0: Dude, don't put my uh, face on the internet. No,
1: of course not. Uh, so you're, I, you know, I don't hear any, any, uh,
3: maladies to your voice and I don't, look uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You, cause I said, well, let's bang this out at work before oh, anyone comes yeah. in first
0: thing but, in the morning. Uh, last night I was just hit with this malady that, I I knew I would be able to come into work today. So I knew you could handle it by (laughs) yourself. And, uh, I'm sure one of your, uh, your work girlfriends was, uh, had taken my place and you were probably happy as a happy as a peach.
1: Happy as a peach.
0: No, no work
1: girlfriends. One of, uh, one of your, uh, I have girlfriends. You have boyfriends and one of your boyfriends filled in. And he was very hyper all day. And, Who was that? Uh, Tintin? Wanted to talk every minute of the day. Tintin, right? Yep. Oh, he's a good guy. Yep. I love him. He's just, sometimes you just want, want uh, I need a little bit of time to myself here. Over me all day. Hmm. And I was, I had to do the artwork for this show pre-record. So if the artwork doesn't make sense to this record, uh, my apologies, but I had to uh, just throw something out there. And, you know, he's always looking at what you're doing and why are you looking this up? What's going on with that? What's happening over here? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciated That's that
0: Ferris Bueller's uh, f- uh, tweet that you put out. That was actually pretty genius. Uh, uh, kudos to you. Oh, well, thank you. I that is ap- That is one of the quintessential movies that you must either watch or own.
3: Yeah, agree? we'll probably,
0: we'll agree on that
1: one.
3: All right. We'll I have to that. agree on that
0: one, man.
1: We're not talking one of your, uh, stupid, <laughs> uh, Molly Ringwald movies. So it's close. It's close to being a Molly Ringwald movie, but not quite.
3: Hmm.
1: Uh, we can't talk books. It's is not in the artwork. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Your tweet afterwards made no sense. I didn't know what you were going for. <laughs> After that is a typical Joe tweet.
0: I said, what are you saying? What are you trying to say?
1: No, I think you clicked on the wrong GIF
0: and, uh,
1: something completely opposite came up.
0: Oh, Stephen Colbert. All
1: right. Well, everyone, welcome to this exciting edition of STC pod, the start to continue podcast. What we're going to talk about today, who knows? We would love to fill you in on what you're about to hear, but Things often go a little bit off the track. According to my artwork, we're going to bring up uh, the Beatles because Sergeant Pepper's just had their 50th anniversary. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to talk, uh, I, I forgot the last couple of weeks to mention uh, the passing of Greg Allman. So I'd like to uh, expound on that a little bit. I know P1's been waiting for that to hear my uh, mm-hmm. eulogy of him. So I have to bring that up. Do you have anything? Why don't you, uh, because you're saying you're going to have to stay up after this record to, you know, do whatever cuts you have to do. And there will be a special song at the end of this, I hope, just like the last episode. People didn't like that.
0: I put that Bond song at the end of last week's episode though.
1: No, they didn't get that it was a Bond
0: song. People went crazy.
1: I liked it. Anytime we can get Tiffany out of there for a little bit. I like it. And this one is going to be a real treat for you guys. It's, it's long and it's hard.
0: That's what she said.
1: Uh, yeah. So you have to stay up a little bit to cut this together. Why don't you tell, tell me the story again, how well you put together last week's episode. Are you being serious? (laughs) Yeah. You remember where you
3: blacked out? Uh, wasn't last week the, uh, James Bond one? Was that the week before? Uh, I don't I know. Don't I remember. remember.
1: Yeah. You came to work and you told me you blacked out and woke up at four thirty in the morning in front of your microphone and you had no idea what you were doing.
0: Oh yeah, I do. I was, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening to the re-record or the recording of it. Just in case there was like, uh, because we recorded Google Hangouts, so I was like trying to make sure there was no, Google has a tendency to sometimes uh, garble the talk. And I, I guess I just completely zonked out. I woke up and then I didn't realize why I was sitting at my computer. So I turned everything off and went to go upstairs and then realized why I had been sitting there and to edit the podcast and to post it. So I had to go read down, put it back on again. And I think I just threw it up. So I hope it was okay. I was, (laughs) I was, I don't know, different dimension or something. Oh, I was tired. That's what happens.
1: Uh, You're going to have a super cut Derek uh, cut together at
0: the time
1: I queued in the recording.
0: We, uh, (laughs) and we still won't uh, we still haven't played that we owe it to Derek to play that super cut
3: correct yeah
1: well do you want me to throw to
0: of the no we probably won't have time it is on the
1: forums time.
0: I I promise we'll have it on the next episode
1: uh, why don't you be honest with me
0: tell me what was going on is your phone near the computer Yes. Is going, the mic is going crazy. <laughs> Be honest. Tell me what happened today. I just wasn't, uh, I wasn't feeling good, man.
1: Hmm. You're not going to spill it, eh? I just wasn't feeling good. You can say you were sick for the morning and then miraculous recovery, but it's too late to go into work. So. Well, wow, I,
0: I was feeling sick as of last night.
1: Did you like. You know, all your, did your agent get you on the phone and book you to open up a mall or
0: something to a grand opening at a nail salon? Listen, I can't, uh, I can't divulge what well, mm. actually happened. All I know is I wasn't feeling good. Did you, did, uh, did Sean come in to give him that wee?
1: Yep. Well, I brought it to him. I delivered it, made the delivery.
0: out of your locker. Did you yeah. deliver everything that he was promised or did you squirrel some stuff away?
1: No, all you did was sell him a crappy Wii. So,
0: and a Mario nothing, Kart, nothing I needed there. Yes, and you took him to town on it. No, did not. Okay, oh I gave him a discount. I, I took off t- 20 bucks that I he took 20 bucks out of my pocket. I've actually had some pretty good sales, uh, or pretty good luck because within. The past uh, two weeks, I've sold one Nintendo Wii for. S- well I may say within the last month, I've sold a Nintendo Wii for 70, a Nintendo Wii for 80, Nintendo Wii for 65, and then I sold nine Sega Game Gear games for 50 bucks.
2: hmm.
1: And I managed to sell a Wii as well for 50. Now the the market is fluctuating like crazy on Wii's just today. I saw some on Kijiji full, full systems with games for just under, like under 40 bucks, 30, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, then there'll be a crazy one for one fifty. So I think we're, we're lucky to move ours when we could without much, without much hassle. It's a really uneven market.
3: Yeah, well, uh, I think what it comes down to is uh, the right buyer will show up at the right time and just buy it. You don't, you don't have to. If you don't have to sell it, don't sell it.
1: Right? What? Yeah, we had to sell. We
0: wanted to sell. Yeah, but don't sell it at taking a a loss. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Oh well, you see, I uh, my I put mine at. think I started at 65. That was for the, the system and Mario Kart at 65. The one I picked up in our latest pickup video. And, uh, they came back to me, uh, 30 question mark. Yeah. 30 let's do 30. And, uh, so I, I refused that, but they did come back and kept going back and forth and they said, okay, I'm going to give you, uh, how about 50? And I can get it today. I'm like, yeah, I guess I can, you know, get it out of my hair for 50 bucks. And then they're like, and you can deliver it. <laughs> I, I was at work. So I well, maybe it's in my car. If it's on the way, I can, I don't mind dropping it off. Where you at? Oh, Aurelia, which is like an hour North of me. <laughs> no, that makes zero sense. Why would I do that? I I'm sorry. That's just not possible. Then she writes back, how about, uh, we meet halfway, <laughs> meet halfway. This makes, I'm not doing this cause, uh, this, we is poisoning me and I have to get rid of it. I'm doing this to make a little bit of money. It's not worth my money or my time. So luckily in the end she did, she, uh, came the entire distance and we met and got rid of her for 50. So that was good. That's good. And then you, uh, like we said, you sold one to a uh, buddy at work. And, uh, he was really happy about it. I guess his kids, uh, haven't, I don't think they've played Nintendo at
0: all yet. Hey, eh? he's got oh, little kids. Well, I hope they enjoy it. Cause I gave them, I gave them my only open copy of Mario Kart, and, uh, <laughs>
1: yes, you're two of
0: those, car. uh, driving wheels. So they could both have a wheel and, and play the, the game and hopefully they enjoy it.
1: Oh, and don't forget. I, out of the generosity of my own heart, just threw him a nunchuck for free. Remember that? Mm,
0: I had to mm. guilt you into it though. Uh I
1: said you don't no. need that nunchuck. No, no. That I also sold him a uh 360 controller, which I had the deal done at 20 bucks, and that's when you started shooting your mouth off. What? You made me lower the price on the 360 controller.
0: No, we gave it to you
1: for 20. No, 15. After you shot your mouth off, oh, I went, man.
0: yeah, of course, man. And you can, I don't have a problem with that. Give me 15. Well, you so, know why? Just look at it this way. Like P1 says, it's gaming karma. It's going to come back to you now.
1: No, I'm happy to set him up. Plus, uh, you know,
0: yeah. maybe he'll gaming karma. It's karma, man. Yeah. It'll right, come back man. to you. Don't worry. All right. Some things are more important than money. All right.
1: Ugh. I mean in a chair without a shirt on. I hate it.
0: Don't you feel free? Mm. It's like, oh, you can lean back against the chair and the chair's nice and cool and you're not hot and sweaty. Oh, I don't even have pants on, I got underwear on. That's it. Uh
1: yeah, so Last minute record here. I don't even have my notes. I don't have anything to talk about. Uh, I got, I do remember one important thing you're supposed to bring up and that is a big congratulations to, uh, NJ retro and family for the addition to his family, a fresh, big baby boy. Yes. Which he debuted on, uh,
0: the Google hangouts just this mm. past week. He should have debuted it on our show. <laughs> Did you invite them? Uh, well, he should have. <laughs> he just yeah. thought about it out of respect. Yeah, he was uh It's like that scene of the
1: godfather. Of yeah, of course. He's a regular on the uh Tuesday night Google Hangouts at the Cartridge Club folks go on. So he jumped on there quick to say hi with the newborn. And as he's trying to introduce the newborn, Yoshi's like, I got some good pickups here. You we should get on uh, you should see what I got. <laughs> it's like Yoshi. The guy's trying to show off his baby. Come on.
3: Anyways, congratulations, NJ Retro. Is that it? Well, I'm just writing down that note. Oh, right. This is where you write.
1: And I got to keep talking, or do you have any points you want to bring up? Keep flapping those gums.
0: (laughs) Um, No, I don't think I made any notes that I had to bring up. The only thing that's uh, really happened significantly is I finally watched that uh, Logan movie.
1: Oh, let's, let's get a quick Logan chat out of the way. I wish we could get spoilerific, but uh, that wouldn't be cool. I don't think. Just tell me, are you happy with it?
0: You know what? I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence. I liked no. it because it was certainly uh, significantly better than any of the prior Wolverine, uh, appearances that he's had. hmm um, it's the Wolverine that I think everyone's wanted from the start. And I think you made a good point too. We, I think we owe a lot of thanks to,
3: um, Ryan Reynolds, uh, putting out that movie and making it restricted and, and actually sort of
0: paving the way for what hopefully is to be a whole new run of, uh, Comic character movies that
3: are showing the way they are meant to be. You know, not PG, but you know, if they have to be R rated,
0: they're R rated. Let it be. Well, well
3: yeah, like some of them call for it. You know, that doesn't mean
1: Spider Man has to be tearing no, people's Spider-Man chests was, in
0: half. Spider Man's never been an R rated. Yeah, he was always goody goody. So, you know, you get a Punisher movie, you get.
3: You know, could be a daredevil movie the way it should be done. Wolverine was done the way it should be. Batman movie. Can you imagine an R-rated Batman movie? Well, anything be better than the last no. Batman what the, movies. Listen, Nolan did a great job. Mm. He made three Batman
0: movies that were a cut above any of the previous Batman movies, even the Michael Keaton one. <laughs> I don't know. The only good thing about the Michael Keaton one was it was the first one, and it was certainly way more serious than what we were
3: accustomed to with uh cheesy uh sixties Batman TV show, right? Well, I think you fell victim to uh hearing the overhype on Logan, you know, after I well, gushed on it
0: and
1: stuff. My, so my no. only
0: thing I don't like about it was and I'm saying this because I'm a big, I've always been a big Wolverine fan. Right. I
2: hated
3: hated seeing him. um, In sort of that old decrepit condition.
0: Oh, because he's never, he's never portrayed that way in the comics. He's always like, you know, his, uh, (sighs) his, uh, uh, mutant healing powers, you know, are always running at full tilt. The adamantium, uh, wasn't ever making him sick, at least from the issues that I've read. Yeah. Um, he was never really old except for in that one issue where, uh, they went into the future and I have it, but I just forget the title of the issue, but, um, it was a short run or something where all the other mutants, a lot of mutants have been killed off by the sentinels. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's it was sad to see him in that condition, uh, and I don't want to give away anything for anything anybody that hasn't seen it. So that, that's all I'm going to say.
3: Yeah, fair enough. There, uh, you know, there's the a couple things that was interesting.
0: Sorry, what?
1: There's a. I felt there's a couple things that were crowbarred in, but I also really liked how they took a moment to do that
0: as well. Uh can't explain what that is, but I know what you mean. I, I think, it, they, I think it, they had to, because people wanted to see uh,
3: that one more time. You know what I mean? Mm, yep. Good point. You know, what's strange though was he wasn't as,
0: he wasn't as jacked up. And I guess that was probably on purpose uh, compared to the last Uh. Uh. Was it a Wolverine or X-Men movie? Days of Days of Future Past, was that the one? Mm-hmm. Where he was all jacked up and went back to the 70s? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought he had gotten back into that shape, but I guess it sort of makes sense that he wasn't as pumped for this version as he was for that one. But uh, performance-wise? I've never had any issues with any of his performances. He's a He is a really good actor.
2: yeah
1: he can like sing he, he can
0: dance, he can act. he can do it all,
1: <laughs> okay, but he did he did the broken down thing like you could believe it. <laughs> you could see the pain in his eyes and his the sweat upon his brow.
0: I don't think there's anyone that's ever criticized Hugh Jackman for being a bad actor. Hmm. He may not have been in great movies, uh certainly not due to his acting, but
3: Uh, I think for the most part, he's pretty much acted his ass off, and for anything he's been in, Mm, I don't know. I never saw that robot boxing movie.
2: Mm, Actually,
3: you're
0: right, I haven't seen that either. I I don't want to because I just sort of have no interest in it, but um,
3: I don't think it got bad reviews from what I remember. All right.
1: Good chat. Good chat on that. Um, I'm glad you finally got to see it. And, uh, I'm glad you're an actual owner of the media of it. So where does that, uh,
0: Blu-ray go now? Well, I bought the, I bought the Blu-ray. Honestly, you, what was it It was at work. You came in, You told me you saw Logan and I think
3: you, you had said you, you, you really liked it. Yeah. Man, I, I was shocked to hear that. So I thought, oh shit. Okay.
0: Bill never says he likes anything that I like. So he liked it. So then I, I all right, I went I think I went across on my lunch break to uh Best Buy there and picked up a copy of uh Logan.
1: Yeah, people heard this story. We did a whole podcast on it in Do fact. You? I don't remember. <laughs> you, you kind of blacked out. Uh We'd, it's
3: sitting uh, talked about your
0: 4-hour lunch. I've got a DVD. I've got one DVD slash VHS tape shelf. In my room here uh, and it's, it's sitting, uh, it, it's sitting on, on the top row. The shelf is rammed completely. There's no room for one more movie in there.
1: What do they, uh, what do they put in those blu rays nowadays? Was there a couple discs? Uh, you had the fancy edition, didn't you? No,
0: I got the I got the one step down cause there was a, there was a metal case version Uh, This one has the movie, it's actually got a version of the movie in black and white. So I wonder, I'd be tempted to see what that was like.
1: Yeah, I heard about that.
3: Uh, It's just got the usual features. I never really get into watching, uh, uh,
0: not the documentary features, but sort of like the little parts where they put in where they interview like the cast or the director and why they did this or that. It's been a hmm. long time since I watched anything, anything like that. So we'll see. I don't have yeah, that, I don't have that much free time.
1: Well, I, I really like it when it's done properly, when it's put together like a, like a feature kind of thing, like the, uh, you know, all the extra features in the, uh, the Lord of the Rings extended editions. Oh, you know, oh, I just,
0: fuck. dude, that's Lord of the Rings myself on that.
1: It, well, it just taught you so much about filmmaking and stuff. It, it was so good.
0: That alike. actually reminds me, I've been meaning to have, I'm long overdue for my, uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy marathon.
1: Yeah, me too, man.
0: Back, back, back to back to back watching of all three movies.
1: hmm Um, I was thinking other great, great filmmaking documentaries. Uh, I, I was talking in the forums because, uh, Fandango talked about apocalypse now and, uh. There was a great documentary behind the scenes that everyone should see for that one called. Did I you ever see
0: about, the uh, Mexican version of that movie?
1: I think it's called hearts of darkness and it was by uh, Coppola's wife. Like yeah. she shot everything in behind the scenes. So man, it was an amazing feature documentary and you want to know another really, really good one. Another really good sure. one. Go ahead. And you know, you might not want to check it out, but uh, one of my top movies, if you can believe it, is Gone with the Wind," because it's just an an epic epic film. And uh, there's a documentary for that with the production behind it. And uh, hmm, I don't know if I can remember what it's called. but uh, it's just amazing stories and behind it, that production. like that movie went through three directors, three directors. it was basically the producer, David O. Selznick, putting that entire feature together and uh, manipulating all the parts. But you got to see all of the, uh, you know, we're talking 1939. So they had to really figure out how to do effects and visual effects. Uh, Everything's in camera. There was a lot of matte painting, you know, where they paint a background uh, to fill in what what the lens is shooting. And you would never know it unless this documentary showed you, no, this is a matte painting right here. So lots of cool stuff like that.
3: You never have you seen my, him. Uh,
0: did you ever see the uh, the mex the Mexican version of Apocalypse Now?
3: No, I have not. No. <laughs> Why are
1: you laughing? I don't know what what is the punchline. Oh. Well, no, it's, you're busting.
0: You may not have uh, come across the title. It's a, a Taco Lips Now. <laughs> That's-
2: Yeah,
1: that's a good one. I thought so. (laughs) He's just vibrating in his chair, waiting to bust that one out.
0: It would have been funnier if you just taken the bait when you were first talking about uh, Apocalypse. Well,
1: I had stuff to say.
0: Yeah, it's hard to find. Taco Lips Now. If you haven't seen it, uh, there's also a porn version, but I forget what it's called. Could be Taco (laughs) Lips Now, too. Yeah,
1: it, it just might be. Hmm. All right. Uh, listen, do, uh, do, uh, our great leader of the cartridge club P want a favor and, uh, tell him your thoughts on Chris Cornell and Soundgarden. What the fuck? Where, this came out of the blue. <laughs> well, uh, well, they called it on CC weekly. Soundgarden is just outside of my, uh, out of my scope uh, the and, only yeah, all that seattle sound stuff i really pushed away just stay away from me I, you're creeping in stay over there and just stay i don't want you coming in just stay all the time played in a lot of bands in high school played guitar with a lot of people and a lot of singers were singing that way and it was just uh, why, why are we singing this way what what, what is going there's,
0: on there's a that's not the only style for the Seattle. Um, I remember one of my favorite movies at that time. Here we go. Um, Another when favorite the movie when all stuff was coming out. No, at the time though, it was called uh, it was called Singles, and it had a great Seattle soundtrack. I think I got the I've got the actual uh, uh, audio tape of it somewhere remember where i put it but um it wasn't just like that whole sound garden feel i've only seen them once in concert and that was <laughs> of course uh, in <laughs> toronto exhibition stadium before it closed it was blues traveler sound garden oh, pearl jam and neil young
1: no. no fucking concert no way i i would have heard of that bill that didn't happen. I was there, dude. Yeah, I know. Just like all those other ones. <laughs> oh my God. That this. bill is extraordinary. Come
0: on. I'll, I'll pull up the card for it. I would. L- I might even have it right here. Mother trucker. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was my only, that was my only, uh, where is it here? Occurrence with uh sound I was never really into them. Mainly because I didn't really, I guess, sort of understand what or who they were about. I remember their videos on TV, like Black Hole Sun. I think
3: I sort of, that video sort of freaked me out. Um well, if
1: anyone's interested, last week what we took this? in, uh, we checked out a video uh, Nora Jones did a tribute at one of her shows and, uh, just her on the piano did uh black hole sun
0: Oh, well, well, yeah, Right.
1: you can find that on her YouTube channel. Go to uh, Nora Jones's YouTube channel and it's one of the most recent videos and fan or not, that is going to move you her rendition.
0: I will say this though, Chris Cornell, um, Anytime I've heard him sing solo style, he, he could still really belt it out. Really did a great job. I found one movie ticket here. Q107 presents Neil Young with Pearl Jam. Just says uh, Exhibition Stadium, Wednesday, August 18th, 1993. 5 p.m. for 38
3: bucks. And that was a movie. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't mention the other two huge acts. Well, one, they weren't huge acts then.
0: I think and they two, were. And two, you only got so much space to fucking print on these tickets. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Man, some, uh, blues travelers, uh, comes across my random, the odd time. And, uh, there's this live album that I have on the, uh, the media player. And the tracks on there just blow me away. It's, they get into, uh, a drive that is unstoppable, man. And when his, uh, harp just grinds into a sound where you can't even differentiate between the guitar and, the the harp, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. But of course you saw them live.
0: Yep. Though I I didn't, again, I didn't fully appreciate who Blues Traveler was or who Soundgarden was. I was there basically for, well, Neil Young. And then Pearl Jam was just a bonus. Mm, Yeah, sure. It's funny, though, because I remember distinctly um, people were leaving after uh, Pearl, uh, not Pearl Jam, uh, Blues Traveler, or and uh, Soundgarden. And then there was a point when uh, they had the floor seating all all sectioned off. And then, uh, when Pearl Jam was playing, people started pouring down from the stadium stands. And, uh, there was a, a few seconds where they were debating whether or not to, to let them hop over the, the gates and have everybody free for all on the floor. Eventually mm-hmm. they went through with that.
1: Yeah, that was, yeah, it was pretty unstoppable back in the day. They were going to get their mosh pit going no matter what. <clears throat> Exhibition Stadium, Yeah, that was my the home of my first big stadium concert, which was the uh, uh, the Metallica and Guns N' Roses co-bill with Faith No More opening for them.
0: No, oh, I saw Faith No More once. Of course. Of course. Well, what do you mean, of course? I saw a lot of stupid shit back in the day.
1: <laughs> you had this crazy run <sighs> of income to buy any ticket at any time. It's amazing. Well, I could name... KD Lang and you, yeah, I saw her. No, nope, we never saw her, her. And, Oh man, you're something else. Anyways, that was that tour. Remember where, uh, Metallica in Montreal, they had the, the pyro accident and, uh, Hetfield there got, uh, burnt. Remember that?
0: I vaguely remember
1: And so they, uh, there was a riot, of course, when they left the stage and then they canceled the rest or postponed the rest of the shows. And I think my show was to be the next one, uh, the Toronto gig. So that got postponed. Luckily I was able to go to the, to the uh, rain date, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, quite a show, quite an eye opener for your first
0: concert. Still have that, uh, that concert tee, by the way. My, uh, my first concert was Depeche Mode. Ooh. No, I was big into them though. I forget who, uh, I didn't was know that who, a- who the hell the opening act was though. It was, um,
3: N- Nitzer Koneb, some really heavy band. And I, I couldn't fucking,
0: I didn't know what was going on. So Are you saying,
1: know. was that a stadium show?
0: Oh yeah. And it rained the entire time. Great experience.
1: Yeah. I remember, man, it was tough getting, uh, the permission from parents to go, go to the big (sighs) city, going to Toronto to a stadium to see metal bands. You were in the bush. And, uh, my mother, God bless her soul, you know, was so afraid that as soon as you get into Toronto and walk out on the street, you'd be jabbed with a heroin needle almost immediately.
0: Dude, I still think that. (laughs) (laughs) that's why i don't go to toronto
1: so that it was amazing i actually finally got permission to do that but jesus i think i was probably 16 by then come on
0: Uh, my big thing was uh i think it was almost every summer like every other weekend i'd be going off to uh canada's wonderland for a concert non-stop concerts that place
1: yeah. They had some big acts there for sure. I never got to see a, I don't,
0: I don't think I did.
1: I, I know I was close to seeing the Grateful Dead there one year, but it I didn't pull together. And then that, then they stopped doing
0: concerts. The only act I ever missed at uh, Wonderland was, it got canceled for some reason, it was uh Deep Purple. I was pissed. Wow. Hmm. Okay. So let's, uh, that's all you have to say about the Cornell thing. Yeah, I just, uh, decided to see him go. And I, I thought even, even now he could still belt out the tunes. So.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we, we heard him recently on stirring too for a whole interview, right? And it was, it was pretty good. And, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it wasn't suicide, you know, the whole strap around the neck thing in the hotel room, you know, sometimes things happen. This new thing people do.
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: Uh, anyways. Just so we can continue on this. I want to talk about Greg Allman, a true rock hero, uh, co-founder of the Allman brothers blues band with his brother, Duane, and uh, Southern blues, man. Uh, jam band. They, uh, had some legendary. Every concert was legendary. Every, uh, live recording was something that you had to get and check out. They have a, a live recording live at the Fillmore and uh, man, you got to you got to listen to that one. You got to listen to that one. The the band is so tight and the music just rocks and it drives. And I was lucky enough to see them. I was looking at the ticket today. I saw them in uh 1996 in the summer of 96 in uh what you might call it? Uh, the Molson Amphitheater. So it was it's like a half-covered venue, uh like a big amphitheater. Half of the good seats are covered, and then everything beyond is uncovered, and there's a grassy spot even beyond the seats where they sell general admission, admittance, uh tickets to see them there. I got my ticket. I think, you know, this is before internet and all that jazz where it's so easy to get tickets, but one of my buddies. Worked at a radio station. He got comp tickets, so he sold them to me. Thanks. But I think I only paid like 30 bucks a ticket and, uh, grabbed a buddy and took off and saw them. And that was a freaking concert, man. Uh, Dickie Betts was still with them. Warren Haynes was there. And I I can't remember, I tried looking it up today to see if Butch Trucks was with the band yet or not. He didn't join the band officially until 99, but he was a guest player for a number of years before he officially joined the band. So I I really want to say he was there, but I can't remember. And if you don't know who Derek Trucks is, he's this, he's younger than me. He's a guitar phenom. And like by the time he was seventeen years old, he had played with some of the biggest acts in the world, and uh, ultimately would join the Almond Brothers. Uh, he plays, uh, you know, you see him play with the SG, and he's uh, he's a, an aficionado with the slide, so he's a natural fit with the Almond Bros. I took a look at the set list. I remember it being a crazy show back then, but I looked at this set list; it's is it well over three hours long. Uh, like rambling man went on post 10 minutes and then in the second act, um, they start off with a song that goes over 40 minutes long, one song, 40 minutes long. (laughs) And you think that'd be the end of the show, right? No, there's still another hour and a half of music to go after that. They played another song that was a half an hour long and, uh, they end the show that's it. But of course there's encores. They come out and do another like 15 minute song and another shorter song after that. You could always count on the Almond brothers to put on a, a crazy show. It, it's well worth your money for 30 bucks. Like that was crazy, crazy show. And, uh, yeah, man, you didn't need to get high for that show. Cause it was that good. There's, there's no shenanigans going on. Saw that completely straight. Tell me about the time you saw the
0: Allman brothers. I never saw them. What? Yeah, man. Come I was on. never, I was never into, uh, the Allman brothers band. Um, the only oh, thing I, I know, the thing I know an about answer. them was, uh, uh, his brother died. What? Two years after they, they formed the band. Is that right? Yeah, it, was right? it was pretty early on. And Duane was, two years was after. And then I remember seeing Almond in um, a couple movies, and I always remember him being fucking creepy looking, like a, you know, he didn't play, like, the southern character, but he had that long blonde hair, and he was a fairly tall guy from what I remember. Yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, he played the typical role of that character, like, I don't know, like a... You know, sort of like that biker badass kind of guy. I'm actually just looking through uh, his IMDB right now and can't he had a lot of writing credits. So I'm really surprised at that.
1: Well, I put a nice picture of him on our artwork from uh the time he was married to share of all of all people. Well, he was and married six times. Greg Allman did it all.
0: So that he uh I probably took a good chunk out of his uh his earnings. Jesus.
1: No. Oh, all the marriages. Yeah. I was going to say the share. He might've, he might've done okay with the share one. Oh, probably. It's funny. I remember like on Conan's old show in late night NBC, he'd bring the almonds out. Well, the almonds always had a, uh, what do you call it when they do a run of seven nights? Uh, 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 come on, it's coming to me. You could help me out instead of looking at your computer. They did a, uh, of seven nights. Oh, it's right on my tongue. Anyways, they, they would play, I think it was the beacon, right? They had an annual tradition to play the beacon for seven days or was it a month? I don't know. They had a really, oh my God. I wish I could remember that word. It's like sabbatical, but, uh, yeah, it's been a long day folks. I worked all day. And I got to do this afterwards and try to remember words. So come on, cut me some slack here and join helped me. He's looking at the computer and flexing his muscles. Oh, it's right there. It's so bugging me what this word is right there. Why didn't you ask Siri? She'll know. Anyway. So he would, he'd get booked on Conan. Cause Conan always had the best musical guests on. And Conan loves that kind of music. And Greg always played this huge Hammond organ. Uh, what's it called? The B, B 12, uh,
3: B, B, which B is it? The good one. It's the good Hammond organ. The B seven.
1: It's the B three, the B three with the huge Leslie speaker and his organ basically took up half of the Conan stage. And then the rest of the band has to fit in there behind him. Two drummers, three other guitarists, you know, all this, And it was, it's just funny seeing that on the Conan stage. And Greg is like, you just this head amongst all of this, uh, wood and mahogany playing this giant organ just for one song on the Conan show. But, uh, yeah, that guy could make that Hammond sing. And he always had to have that Leslie speaker. That's, that's the magic right there. Hmm. Anyway. So, uh, he had been, uh, they just officially dismantled the almonds. I th- was it last year or the year before after Butch Trucks died and, uh, he was, uh, Greg was still going out doing dates like into Christmas and, uh.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, I think he canceled and, uh, he was sick, I think what, for like the last year, pretty much. Right. The year I, I you know, I didn't hear about it if
1: it was a whole year. So that's, yeah. it's, there's it's a point shame. when he started
0: canceling a bunch of dates and I think, uh, that's one of that led up to his, his time at passing. Yeah. Anyways. i oh, sorry, uh, sorry to hear, uh, another one of your musical mm-hmm. idols has uh, passed away.
1: Hey, everyone, just please hang in. Joe promised me he will put a choice track on the end of this show. That isn't Tiffany. And it's like I said, it's going to be long and it's going to be hard you're going to appreciate it. That's what she said. uh, (laughs) Because one thing, the almonds, man, they were tight and they, you know, no matter going through the drug haze and all that stuff, you still had to have your talent up to a certain level. At one point they even fired uh, Dickie Betts, one of the main guys of the band. They said, Dickie, it's not, you're not up to snuff anymore. You got to, and they kicked him out. Sticky oh. Betts is in the beginning. So it's crazy. And that's of course when uh, Derek Trucks and Warren Hayes filling in. Anyways, Joe just turned to the camera to do some bullshit with a bag. And I saw this huge dragon tattoo on his back.
0: What's up with that? Yeah. Don't worry <laughs> about that. <Yeah. laughs> uh, I wasn't doing it to show you. I was just putting some stuff away. Yeah.
1: Okay. Oh, so let's continue on. I wanted to uh, mention that, uh, can you stop with the noise? You're going to drive me crazy. Uh, The Beatles, Sergeant Pepper's album celebrated 50 years. It's a special album to me because uh, when I was a young gaffer, I don't think there was a lot of music going on in the house. I didn't have much of a musical direction like we're talking in grade school. You know, a lot of people can say, they fell in love with this, you know, in grade school and that brought them along the way. I think I was, I was pretty, uh, I didn't really have much of a direction and my parents weren't really, I, it wasn't so much pushing music. I you know, my dad listened to, uh, country music and oh, country, that's uh, pretty Johnny Cash. and well, you know, I no, not, not that country and Western music or easy listening. He actually would, if a tape said easy listening on it, he would put it in like, that's, that's not that's good up, musical
0: man. direction. My parents had, uh, the only albums I had to listen to were Kenny Rogers and Neil Diamond. Oh, well, that, I would have loved that. <laughs> I mean,
1: okay. So he had some Don Williams and uh, of course from Randy Travis made a big, they loved that. But, uh, and then my sisters, I had older sisters and, yeah. Uh, I think all the records they had were garbage. You know, they're You pro- have two sisters? Yeah. Yeah, you knew that. I think they had the crappy Fleetwood Mac and uh, oh, the yeah. stuff you like. Respect. And, uh, you know, Men at Work or Honeymoon Suite or Gowan. Anyways, I had nowhere to look. However, my dad at one point, he's a contractor or like a handyman, cabinet maker, whatever you, whatever have you. And he was working at a client's house. As, as I'm remembering the story, I could be way wrong. And I, I don't know the, the, the wife really liked the work he did or something. So she said, as a bonus, why don't you come into my husband's den here? And I suppose right now the story could go either way, but, uh, the husband had this massive record collection, like uh, the entire wall was just vinyl. Pick out a, pick out a record, anything you want and take it home. As a little bonus, he's not going to notice. He's got a million of these things. Apparently this guy worked at a radio station or something. So he would get, uh, tons of records to take home. Much like the room that sometimes we uh, sneak off to at work in the TV station. It's just walls of records that, uh, the record labels would send radio and TV stations. So he's thumbing along and he's in the Beatles section and he grabs one. I'm going to show it to you right now. It's uh Sergeant Peppers, uh picture disc. Uh, it's, it's a reissue from, I think, uh, the early eighties maybe or the seventies. It? Anyways, it's a picture ah, disc. So the picture is right on the vinyl and,
2: uh,
3: what, what, what is that? Keep, keep talking dude. I so this, this was the out al-
1: Go ahead <laughs> this was the album that uh, I did gravitate to as a young guy for. Well, this and I had an eight track that uh I loved and it was called Wheels. And it was like a uh, guitar music. I think the band was called the Venturers or something and it was just guitar tunes one after another bam 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 like uh, uh ghost riders in the sky and uh, Peter Gunn. Anyways, and then this Beatles album. So at the rule was, it was to never be open, but I think my sisters opened it at one point. So then it was open season and, uh, I don't know, I would play it. And I think at one point the, uh, record player in the living room or whatever we had went away and it was just the record player I had from that I got from somewhere, but I didn't have the proper amp for it. So I could only hear like one channel. And this is a stereo version of Sgt. Peppers. So it's a very wide mix of the album. So literally I would hear just the instrumentation and no vocals because all the vocals would be on the one channel. So I go, oh, I want to hear the vocals this next time and switch the patches around this time I hear just all vocals. <laughs> no, that's how I listened to this many times until I finally could get my act together. And that was my early introduction to the Beatles, Sergeant Peppers. Lonely Hearts Club band album. And man, it is great. As everyone knows, right?
0: I remember my introduction was um
3: I'm sure I'd heard like, you know, the odd beatle song here and there, but I remember grade eight. Um uh, my teacher who was also my homeroom teacher, who was also my science teacher, uh, Mr. Cutting,
0: brought in his record player and a whole stack or whatever, five or six uh Beatles albums and went through everyone in terms of like you know how one of them was uh it's got that song that's all garbled, and then if you play it play the record backwards manually, you can hear it sort of saying something, and then mm-hmm. the whole mythology of uh um Paul McCartney uh dying and him being replaced with someone else.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: that whole all, that whole story behind the whole making of the album and all the other albums it was just fascinating I remember that's always stuck with me I think he did that for like literally two days when we uh, when we had uh, free time in the classroom I think he sacrificed science class for that for two days <laughs> and uh, I remember I was just
3: fascinated by it and I was going to ask you though I. I knew it was the fiftieth, but
0: um how come we never bought the reissue of the new the latest reissue of it? Like like you and I bought last album you and I bought together was uh uh it was the Beach Boys, right? Uh Pet Sounds. Mm-hmm. Which I still have in the cardboard, by the way. I'm sure you go crazy about that.
1: Yeah, I told you to check it because my vinyl is all scuffed.
0: Yeah, I'm sure mine's fine. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Well, it's never going to come out of the cardboard anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, how come we never ordered like the latest uh, Beatles? Well, I have many, many copies
1: of this album hmm. now, oh, so. I don't have one Sgt. Peppers. <laughs> how about that? I'm sure you must. Um I think, you know, hearkening back to what you said, I bet everyone has a memory as a kid holding this album up and going through all the faces on the cover and trying
0: to figure out who I did. Is. I, didn't, I was, I don't know who the hell half the people were back then, man. I was, uh, whatever, how old are you? How old are you? Grade eight? 14? 12? Yep.
1: Eight?
0: No, four, 14. Yeah. I was, uh, I don't know, shit back then.
1: Well, come on. There was like, there was, you know, James Dean and I think Nixon's on here. And of course, Bob Dylan, Marilyn Monroe, uh, Laurel and Hardy Chaplin, you know, there's all, you, you must've, of course, this is Joe we're talking about. So yeah.
0: any wrestling uh, characters on there?
1: Yes, of course. So uh, we, we've all heard the stories that go, that went into the production of this record. You know, the, the story is, you know, they, they heard pet sounds from the beach boys and went, Oh, we're falling behind and uh, new territory for the recording industry doing what they did. The Beatles had stopped touring at the time so they could just concentrate on putting together uh, a production. The, the, sh- the crazy part is all of this album was created with with a four track player, four tracks, one, two, three, four tracks. So you would get the band to play the song live Four guys. There's your four tracks, mix that down onto another layer. All those, that performance gets put on one track and then you do three new tracks of other stuff. Then you mix all that down into one track. Then you have three more tracks to mix new stuff, mix it down again, down again, down again. So you can imagine that all the layers, how far down all the original tracks got mixed down into, before they got the final production. Now originally this came out in mono, of course, as you know, and the Beatles were involved in even the the mass the mastering of the mon the monaural uh, cut of this, and then when it came to having a stereo release of it, it was just willy nilly put together in stereo the real, the quintessential version of what you want is the mono. And, uh, why would I want mono? It's just one thing coming at you. Well, The belief in the day was you're listening to a record, not, not in a car, not like in your kitchen stereo, you're in your room, in your living room, blasting this manoral sound across a couple speakers or whatever. It's hitting walls, it's hitting corners. And it's not all getting to you at once. It's hitting you at different times. So it is giving you uh, a two ear experience, even though it's just mono. So I didn't think much of stereo in the day. So the stereo got the uh, willy nilly mix. And, uh, you know, as you said, it's been re released since then. But right now, the 50th anniversary that's out is a brand new mix of it. And as I said, all of those cuts. They did, they got mixed down just the original Paul into a mic. All of those recordings were found all the original sound effects, the, uh, crowd noise, all the organ stuff, all the animal sounds, all the isolated sounds, they found all of them on their own. And instead of mixing them down over and over and over again, they did it all in one big track, like we can do now with digital. So I heard a couple of cuts of this remaster and it, it is quite noticeable and it's a really good mix. And the, the vocals are really upfront, very clear. Nothing is mixed down. Everything is just sonically very, very perfect. And, uh, of course they brought in Giles Martin to do it. Uh, George Martin's kid. And, uh, well, not kid anymore, of course, he's been working on Beatles stuff forever with his father. And so you're going to get an awesome uh, release here. If you, if you're into it, I think there's a four CD release or a five CD release, and they've added all kinds of, uh, behind the scenes sounds and, uh, you know, stuff the mic caught and they've even uh, given you stuff like, I heard a track where it's just John Lennon singing Strawberry Fields without any of the stuff on there, just him and him and his guitar. I think maybe, maybe an organ on there. Uh, That'd be cool to hear. Uh, There's lots of cool stuff. And, and again, just the stories of the production are are so like a a day in the life, you know, that monumental track to end that album, you know, with the orchestra coming in Mm -hmm. and doing that big chord. That raises up, you know, from a whatever it is to all the way up to a high E, and then there's that piano chord at the end, da da, with the sustain. You know, you think that you've heard it all your life. That's just one piano going da da. Well, it's not that simple. They had four tracks, so they filled every track with the piano, different piano going da da, so they could make it more robust and more robust. And then once you had those four tracks of four different pianos, why not mix that down and then add another four pianos on the next layer? And then they also added a little bit of harmonium into that chord as well to add a little bit of bass and more sustain. So even something as simple as that final piano chord has all this production built into it. I, well, what can I say? I love the stories behind uh, behind the audio engineering part. Sergeant Peppers.
0: You guys can see Bill right now, man. He's got the biggest fucking grin on his face. His <laughs> nipples I, are all nipples are hard and erect.
1: I think I, I think I will look for the vinyl uh, edition of that special edition, but it'll probably be
0: super expensive. Right, what the hell would that cost, man? Jesus.
1: Anyways, um,
0: right, go ahead. A,
1: a final plug. If you want to learn more about this. Uh, NPR has a show called uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross where she interviews people uh, and it's a podcast. It's one of my podcast role. It's in my podcast role, Fresh Air by NPR and they celebrated uh, the Beatles 50th anniversary and she interviewed Giles Martin uh, for a whole hour and that's, that's where he told a lot of these stories. So really got my juices going listening to that. Go ahead.
3: Well,
0: that's about
1: it. Yeah, it's it's you know, uh Sir George Martin, Sir George, of course, by the time he passed away last year, in in brutal irony of life, uh, practically tone deaf by the time he died. And that's really why he brought his son into the recording studio to help him out because he couldn't hear things anymore. So he had to get his son in and uh, to help him hear. What he could no longer hear. Can you imagine that? A guy around music, so much of his life losing that one gift. And Giles would go on to explain how him and his father cannot just, you know, hear sounds, they can also pick out frequencies. Like they could say that's at 60 hertz and that's at 75 hertz just by ear. That's, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's certainly a lost art. I think nowadays too, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's kind of a shame. It's um, the way the whole audio industry is changing. It just seems to be losing, losing that special touch of what made things what they were back then. Like nowadays, you can imagine some of the people producing what, what's being produced out there, right? Home computer putting out mm-hmm. a song. You know, yeah. If, if this, add a, if this tickles you just a
1: little bit, you know, I, I can't suggest enough to go back and, you know, VH1 had that great series, classic albums and oh, it got it? into, yeah. it got into all the production and man, there's some great stories. They're like, uh, Simon and Garfunkel.
0: The Fleetwood know, Mac one was awesome.
1: Not so much the Fleetwood oh, Mac, I but Simon and Garfunkel that S- the, the way <laughs> the things they did to find their sounds. Like I remember one story from that. Oh, there's come on, come on. (laughs) There's the crashing of the cymbals. And, uh, anyways, they, they couldn't find they're in the Capitol building. And in the basement of the Capitol building is huge echo chambers, reverb chambers, like caves to make the perfect natural echo and reverb. And it wasn't doing it good, good enough for them. And they ended up finding a spot in a, in a hallway of the Capitol building long office hallway. And they're snapping their fingers. Like this is the perfect sound right here. So they set up these huge, uh, microphones and all the equipment to capture the crashing sound in this office hallway in front of an elevator. Eh, stories like that. I love it. Sorry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> this, is, this is what I got to live with every day. Guys. Sorry
1: to upset you with, uh, cool stories.
0: I hope next week no one dies. <laughs> so we don't have any more stories. Uh, God forbid when fucking Dylan dies, I'm going to take, oh. take that record off. And just let you go off on your own tangent.
1: I don't There'll be some time taken off, man. Yeah, sorry. <sighs> sorry, that's uh, that's a big one.
0: Am I gonna have to do a solo record then? You'll be a, you'll be in mourning.
3: Maybe I won't be into work that day. I understand. What can you do? I get it. All
0: right, brother. I think it's time to wrap this one up. Can we put our shirts on now? I'm. Psst. Why bother? <laughs> I'm kind of accustomed to seeing you with your shirt off now for like those last hour. It's like sort of like, uh, you know, that, that hot girl that you're eyeballing and you just, you want to see her naked and you, just, you keep <laughs> wanting to see her naked and you want to see her naked. And then when it finally happens, you sort of lose interest. Yeah, this is what happened. <laughs> see you with your shirt off. Now I've lost interest.
1: There you go. Good. Good. I should have done this long time ago.
2: Ah oh, jeez!
0: All I right, do,
1: do uh, your professional. Uh, you you didn't have to do an intro today, so yeah,
0: totally blew the intro, dude. I uh, I don't even know what to say now.
1: <laughs> you don't even know what episode this is.
3: I don't. What what are we on?
0: Hmm. One thirty six. Are you serious? One thirty six. Have we blown past Fandango yet?
1: Oh, crap. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. (laughs) There was a great episode of retro Fandango out and I hope everyone tunes into that one. And, uh, Kevin, you know, we love you. Get back to, uh, the socials or I'm going to show up at your house and tape your fingers to the keyboard.
0: I thought you were going to tape your, his fingers to something else.
1: Well, that first
0: kind of crazy glue your fingers, Kevin, to his pen.
1: Yeah. Then the keyboard. Cause it's like, uh,
0: it's like when you guys used to live next door to each other, God knows what happened after the wives went to bed. Fucking <laughs> Kevin and Bill in the garage.
1: We beat the skins.
0: Literally crazy mm-hmm. gluing your heads together. Probably.
1: Yeah. Anyways, everyone show uh, Fandango some love and get over there and uh, check out the latest edition of Retro Fandango. And you can congratulate me as uh, I was the one of the last guests to appear on a Schwarzenegger episode <laughs> and bring that sucker down. <laughs>
0: yes. I killed the Schwarzeneggers. <laughs> I say kudos to no more Schwarzenegger episodes. No, that's, they, I don't. They weren't working. What?
1: They were no. not working. You only say that about the police academy.
0: That was just, that was a write off. I love the Schwarzeneggers, man. No, I just like, just, just talk guys. Just talk about shit. I want to talk about five, five fucking police academy movies. No, I like, let's drill drill down. Do what you do best and just talk about random things.
1: No, let's, I, once in a while, let's grab something really important to us and drill down on it for a couple hours
0: Well, this is, that's not, how is Police Academy important to you? What is that? Is it, is it, is it up there like Bob Dylan to you? Is that that important to you?
1: (laughs) No, but I'm I'm saying it could be anything. Is it life changing? Could be any, any movie that was important to us there's lots of movies that were important. People. Police Academy movies. You go crazy when I talk about one subject for 8.2 minutes. So you are not the proper subject to, uh, uh, to I am. I'm actually
0: the proper thing to echo and bounce this off of. Believe me. I know what people want to hear. It's not police Academy movies. <laughs> Anyway, guys, thanks again for tuning in. You've been listening to episode number 136. If you guys haven't done so yet, you got to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash start to continue. Where, on this channel on a weekly or biweekly basis. Bill forces me to spend money to buy pickup items just so we can have uh, pickup videos. So if you want to watch me going broke, uh, check out our YouTube channel. You can listen to Bill on Twitter at STCPod. Uh, more importantly, follow me on Twitter at acdecepticon, bookmark stcpod.com. Listen to us on iTunes uh, under stcpod. And if you're listening to us, you got to check out some other great podcast blogs and videos from people in our community at cartridgeclub.org. As always, thanks again, everybody, for tuning in every Friday morning or late Thursday night, which is when we post our new weekly episodes.
1: Well done, everyone. Go over to the forums at cartridgeclub.org. Forget about ours. Go over to the Retro Fandango forum and mention that you miss miss the uh, the sharp and the the satirical and the genius banter of Buried on Mars on Twitter. Let's get Buried on Mars back out there. BM unite. Posting, posting. <laughs>